heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. For many of my longtime listeners, you know the whole impetus of this broadcast uh, has pretty much always been the fight of good and evil. That is, that, that's the whole essence of this broadcast. Back when we launched it, the first couple of episodes were exactly about that, and we have kept that as the mandate and the mission right from the very, very start. In fact, you remember that uh, broadcast number two, I think, we had Dr. Jay Laron, who has uh, since passed, an amazing voice, and uh, uh, we talked about uh, some of the challenges and problems we had, and so that that was uh, the the blueprint we started from here on the voice of a nation. Welcome into the broadcast, my fellow Americans. Here it is a privilege to be with you always, and uh, I thank you for joining me on the mission. Today is a very big mission, a very important mission. If you listen to any program in its entirety, I would like it to be this one here today. Uh, because we're going to jump into some things that are very, very important uh, in regards to the fight of good and evil. And a lot of the things, all the things, in fact, all of the struggles we we uh, are dealing with in today's world, in today's environment, all come to the point of the conversation we're going to have today. And that explains the why, the how, the who, and the solutions to how we break free from this. So as people run around today and they chase their tails and about everybody does, and you see the war of propaganda, and just e- even as I was coming on here, the newswire is just full of lies and deceit and garbage. Uh, things like, oh, my God, Trump is going to let North Korea keep their nuclear weapons. And, you know, oh, my God, do you see what's happening with the, uh, Hamas and Israel? And, oh, my God, do you see these politicians in Washington? And, oh, my God. And, you know, it's just constant, constant bantering and garbage and you're, you see the news wire and you just know where they're all coming from. And problem is a lot of people get caught into these worlds. I, I know I've got friends, I've got people that uh, it, it amazes me, shocks me um, and saddens me all at the same time, frankly, that these people are indoctrinated with this garbage that's out there. And this is part and parcel the problem we are having today in the battles that we fight to my fellow Americans, to be sure. I'll be referencing throughout the broadcast a uh, a particular book, which I have in front of me right now. And you'll hear me talk about it a fair amount. And I want to tell you, I'm going to start right now and tell you, is one of the most brilliant pieces of work that I have read in (laughs) a very long time, a very long time. It's called The Cognitive War, Why We Are Losing and How We Can Win. Uh, but it's more than just address addressing the problem. You know, a lot of people can get on and rant and gripe and bitch and complain all day long. There are very few who can offer real-world solutions, ideas, and a blueprint and path forward. But people still have to understand it. They have to be able to understand and put it into context, embrace it, and execute on those details. And, and we need more people. So I cannot... 
encourage you enough to get this book. I'll tell you more about it. It's in the bookstore. We'll have it on the front page. I'm going to put it in multiple places for you to see it because I think it's important. That's the way I don't have any other interest in it other than saving our nation and saving people. That's my interest and that's my agenda, frankly. It is fights to the mission of this good and evil fight. Now, a couple of uh, points from the book and then I'm going to bring on a special guest in just a moment here. Uh, and it goes like this. This ongoing cognitive war is a battle between good and evil. No doubt about it. It is a battle ongoing since our creation. So this didn't start yesterday, friends. It didn't start a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, or 100 years ago. It's been from the existence of the garden scene, okay? And whatever that means to you. We recognize that mankind can achieve wonders, but at the same time can be immensely cruel. I think about that a lot, actually, why people do the kinds of things they do and how they get to the point of hurting other people in the way that they do. It's, it's, um, it's no longer shocking, but it never goes away, that sensibility of trying to understand why that is, the why. It totally comes back to this good and evil. The cognitive domain is the domain of the human mind. We all have a mind, right? It's the ideas, the ideology, the function, the reason, the will, the spirit, the know-how. That's the cognitive domain. The cognitive war is primarily an ideological war between tyranny and freedom, control and independence, subjugation, uh, and democracy. It's, it's a war fought primarily in the cognitive domain using strategies that apply in various ways. In other words, when they use your ideology, your religion, your issues, and then the means like uh, the economic, the, the agriculture, the social, the academic. This is from the book I'm reading you here now. Uh, it's, it, it's a hell of a blueprint as to what's taking place here. Here's a good summation, and then let me bring on uh, this uh, gentleman just a moment here. But here's a good summation of this, this war between good and evil. Okay, so all right, take this in now. It's a war that has been ongoing for more than a millennium. It is timeless as mankind exists. Cognitive war is truly an existential threat that is global and domestic. In today's USA, very few understand it, can defend against it, can compete in it or win in it. But my fellow Americans, I'm here to tell you, as this author will today, it can be won, but not if we're unwilling to change. Strong. Joining me now on the broadcast is Edward Huglin is here. Uh, just a stellar career and uh, uh, intellect, to be sure. He's a retired federal senior executive and U.S. Air Force veteran. Ed has been at this for uh, several decades. Uh, too many we count. We leave it there so we get to... Uh, we start counting decades, we know, well, come on, how many? But that's called experience, Ed. That's what that's called, experience, right? Uh, he he in includes uh, serving as a senior leader in the intelligence community, Department of Defense, Department of Homeland Security, Department of Energy and State, uh, served as a chairman of the CIA Strategic Planning, deputy team leader, the INS. So th there's so much here. And, and that's where you've got a lot of this. You've seen so much over the years. You've seen so much over your career. You've seen so much with the interaction of people. And you're one of the few who've been able to step back and to put it in context to understand, you know, like, what are we doing here? Whereas a lot of people bang their head against the wall 
and kind of expect a different outcome. You put this to a practical use. First of all, in the book, a big congratulations with this. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. It's a privilege to have you. Thank you, Malcolm. Very much appreciate the opportunity to talk with you about the, this critical subject. It's a it's it's a fascinating subject, but uh, unless people understand this, uh, we have little chance of winning. Yeah, yeah. Listen to this. Um, let me throw this. This is brilliant what you say here, and then uh, and let me have you opine on this. But this is this really struck me. You say here, the cognitive war is a war between those who seek to advance tyranny, control, and subjugation versus those who seek to advance freedom, humanity, and democracy. It is a war of ideas, ideology, and narratives, enabled by various varied means, methods, and measures to include at times violence, kinetics, and asymmetric warfare. It is a war in which deception, deceit, and dystopian views are crafted in a manner to be passed off as the truth and fact. Listen to those words, people. Listen to this. This is what we're dealing with, right? This is when you hear the word fake news, propaganda, all the garbage I was saying coming in. It, let me repeat that one sentence. It is a war in which deception, deceit, and dystopian views are crafted in a manner to be passed off as the truth and fact. It is a war that is occurring globally and domestically. It, most people don't understand what's happening. I've got people I've talked to just in the past few weeks, people I love dearly, who really don't get the conversation we're having. They're so indoctrinated. This problem we're speaking about, it's not a quick fix. It's not an easy fix, but it's massive in size and scope. And it's the problem we're having, why we can't seem to move forward. We're, we're caught in, we're like, like a deer in headlights. Like I feel like we're standing still, Ed, and the world is crumbling around us and nobody knows what the hell to do to get a fire extinguisher to put out the fire. Do you have that same sense? Well, yeah, exactly. That That's why I wrote the book, because through my four decades in the intelligence community, Department of Defense, and agencies, what I've seen is slowly the politicization, the weaponization, and the uh, subjugation uh, by our leadership in the national security apparatus of our nation. And most people uh, trust in government. Most people try to trust in government, trust in their leaders. And so also on Capitol Hill, politicians think this is just normal politics. But when you step back and look at this, you can't, you can't not see that what this actually is, is a perpetual war that's methodical, Strat strategy is very clearly crafted and implemented. But if you don't understand it, you can't compete against it, fight it, or win. And so, so that's why I wrote this, because most people think this is politics or this Democrat versus Republican. Right. It, it's absolutely not. This is, as you said up front, good versus evil. This is not politics. This is a blood sport for absolute power by some very evil people. You know, a lot of people, and even my, uh, even our friends, our moderates, our independents, our liberals, people with a very different ideology and what have you, um, they are not understanding the fight on hand. And they always want to go to that true test of fight, the Republican versus Democrat. Uh, and it's the red versus blue, the the uh, elephant versus the jackass. You know, we, we've seen it. We talk yes. about it. We make fun of it, so on and so forth. But 
I try to tell people all the time, and even people I love and respect and uh, folks around me, that, you know, if you love your life, if you really, truly love your freedom, if you love your country, truly, really love what we're talking about here, then you have to understand that America first is not a bad idea. Taking care of your home, because it's just like, Ed, when you're at 30,000 feet and the oxygen falls yeah. down, they tell you, make sure you put your oxygen first and secure your environment before you help the kid or the neighbor or somebody else that you would naturally want to help as a good person. So you've got to secure your own home first. We're not doing that, Clady, now. We're reckless on so many fronts. It's incredible. And so I try to get people to understand this is not a Republican or Democrat fight. This is an America first. This is our survival, our existence fight. This is what is a bad thing about America first. It's that we've got to take care of our homeland, our people. People don't get that concept yet. No, no, they don't. And so when you look at the centuries that mankind has existed, the majority of the time in those centuries mankind has existed, people have been subjugated and murdered by the millions, by despots and dictators. Only in the last 250 years with America in place did you see a new ideology of freedom, independence, and opportunity. And so why is it that America is so vibrantly under attack, both domestically and internationally? Because those global despots are threatened by what we offer. And because they're threatened by what we offer, they need to squash and kill out the light of freedom because if they don't that freedom and independence and that idea those ideas the cognitive aspects will then perpetuate through the world with the flow of information and then their subjugation their dictatorships are all in jeopardy and that's why you've seen the actions from hamas china russia north korea venezuela because they're all trying to stop the progress of freedom the sad thing is they've made a hell of a lot of headway here in the United States by competing in the cognitive domain and indoctrinating their children and indoctrinating their citizens to think this is left versus right. No, this is good versus evil. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Everything you just say there. And I want to jump into some of those scenarios right now with you. You know, when you were talking, I, I got to make this point because I'll forget it. When you talked about the 250 years, which we are coming up now on that magical semi-quincentennial. And I remember as a young, young boy, um, this um, bicentennial, 1976, uh, uh, the feeling of patriotism and spirit and our nation, it was an overwhelming feeling, incredible, Ed. And I think about that now, I'm hoping and praying that our current generations, I, I, if there's anything I can accomplish, it would be, I'd be being right straightforward here with you, it would be to get people to understand the excitement of America at 250 years at the semi-quincentennial and then to prepare our nation for the next 250 years. There would be no greater gift or reward in my lifetime, but to be able to do exactly that for people to understand that passion and, and that love. Um, and, you know, when you were talking about the 250 years, Ed, and I feel such a feeling of pride. I, I mean, the hair started to stand up on my my hands here, my arms, just thinking of what you were talking about that. You know what I'm talking about, that pride, that sensibility yes. about America. I, I just, you know, I it's so hard to put into context. I mean, I just love our nation. I mean, I, I always reference, I believe, red, white and blue. 
and I would die for our nation, uh, for our people, for our freedom, for liberty and justice for all. And I feel that way. I really, really feel that way. Um, and so uh, that's kind of what putting that into context. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about it. And I do believe the semi-quincentennial is a moment. And you know, Ed, you've heard me talk about on the broadcast here in prior times that it's either going to be a moment of celebration, my, my brother, where we really can, um, you know, look at some things accomplished. Or uh, I'm sad to say to you, Ed, it will be a death wish. It will be the end. That 250-year mark could be an end, end, the beginning of the end of our existence, or it could be a new path forward. You agree with that? No, so very much for it. That, that really the two objectives of the book are one is make people aware of this, and, and the other aspect is to avoid unnecessary wars. And where are we at right now? You know, where the hell is America at right now? We're facing wars in China, Ukraine with Russia, uh, North Korea, uh, potentially down in Venezuela, okay, Guatemala and other places. You know, we've gone off the rails here. And to your point about America in the bicentennial, I remember 1976, I was, I think, about the same age, a little bit uh, older than you, but it was phenomenal. But the bubble our people live in here in the United States, they fail to realize by birth and citizenship here in the United States, they are the most privileged people on the damn face of this earth. And that can evaporate in a heartbeat. And right now, there's a very thin line that separates our freedoms from tyranny. And they're really not aware of it. They're starting to see it, and they're starting to wake up to it. But but unless they do, then, as you said, we can end up in a real, real bad place very quickly. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like I often reference it, and I you tell listeners a lot. I, I feel like we won the lottery of life, you understand. Uh, if we're born into this nation and the way that we are, in fact, you know, I've got to tell you, uh, let me share with you privately here uh, with listeners and you here privately uh, that uh, I just had this conversation today. I'm, I'm very serious. Early today with my daughter, who's in who's in college now, uh, who's 21. And I just had this conversation with her. I said, you know, I said, honey, be blessed in the moment. Uh, be thankful. Be blessed with what you're doing, what you've accomplished. Don't judge other people accordingly. Uh, I said, and be, be blessed that you're, you're here in this great country and we have these opportunities uh, in front of us. I said, we, how could you not be blessed in the moment? That, right, Ed, that makes sense, you know? It makes perfect sense. I mean, just look at our borders and then listen to what the left says about America, how bad it is, how nasty it is, and how it needs to be fundamentally changed. If that's the case, then why the hell is it? You have tens of millions of people flocking to our borders to get in. If it's the worst place on earth, and to your point, Malcolm, it isn't. It's the best damn place on earth. And, and our younger generations, having been coddled, over-coddled, they're going to find out what the greatest generation did, but they're going to find out in a really bad way unless they wake up. Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, my friend. No doubt. All right. Now, in the um, bring some of this forward now. When we, I want to give some examples. Uh, when we talk about uh, these are things I want people to be able to put their hands on and really understand the cognitive war. So, all right, Ed, let's think a minute. Let's give some examples. So, you, as an example here, you talk about in the book, you say the heat on the burning platform varies over the time. It can be a roaring fire with intense heat or a smoldering set of ash. 
It's a multi-front war taking place between the world's primary threats of Russia and Eurasia, China and the Pacific, and the progressive and radical left in the United States, which is the domestic, which is really, we've been warned from uh, our ancestors. That was going to be the real danger was the domestic war. Uh, and we're seeing that now. People won't admit it. But look, at, and oh, there's so much you see here. Oh, my God, you get into the Arab Spring, you get into Hong Kong, why we... You know, it was really disturbed me. It disturbed me what happened with Hong Kong, that beautiful environment out there, giving that back to the communist bastards. I mean, I just could not. I had sleepless nights over that decision uh, that had taken place. And looking at the Panama Canal and things like that, that it's just dumb decisions we're making over time. But bringing it forward to current day right now, Ed, we're looking at things. Let's give go some, exa some examples right now, starting with, Let's let's start with uh, Hamas and Israel and the media and Yahoo and Biden and the media. So let's get some examples. I want to go through a whole litany of things around the world. So what's an example you know, of in the, when we talk about the cognitive war, uh, how people are being misled by this and how Hamas is winning that war, how they've used the cognitive war of information to to prevail here so far? No, no. So per Hamas is a perfect example. Okay, and Hamas has already won this war from a cognitive perspective. Now, why? Because they've used all three ways that I talk about and it as a strategy. They used ideology. Their ideologies, they use communism and socialism because they've subjugated the people of Palestine, okay? And the people of Palestine in the Gaza Strip, okay? I mean, in the Gaza Strip, they depend on Hamas to dole out the goods, okay? They take everything. So they use communism, socialism, and that kind of control. They use religion because they use a radicalized version of Islam, not true Islam. You got 9 billion Muslims. On, I mean, at the, a couple of, dip, several billion Muslims in the world out of the 9 billion, okay? If they're all radical, we'd have a hell of a fight on our hand. But what they do is they, they bastardize religion and then get people to buy into that version to where they're willing to go ahead and cut off women's breasts, burn children alive, and shoot people, okay? And then issues, the two-state solution, okay, and other aspects. They use all those different ways to, to try to subjugate people and control their minds. And they win because they've had two decades without interruption inside Gaza to indoctrinate one generation after another after another. And if, if what you're learning in your schools, and you see this in America here, and we just started to see it in America here because of COVID, if what you're being taught and indoctrinated is to hate a certain enemy, okay, that's what you're going to think. And that's what you're seeing play out here with Hamas right now. And the descriptions you said of things they're doing to people is real. And uh, I mean, it's beyond grotesque. You just can't even think they were giving these young people drugs to um the the young uh the young guys there and and ladies for that matter but the the soldiers the hamas terrorists were speaking yes. of it you know they were giving them drugs to ramp them that first of all they're indoctrinated for all those decades as you say for their young lives and then they give them drugs to really put them on you know like mag magnify the situation and then they cut them loose and they become rabid animals i mean they're rabid animals from satan from evil from the depths of hell i mean that's how i would describe yes. it ed but we, but we don't we don't go back we just react to this stuff and so israel knew they were arming they knew they were building tunnels 
And yet everyone waited. We reacted. And there's a simple area that we could very go harshly go back on the man is, is China. China is an infidel nation. China is a communist nation that has no religion and actually commits genocide against other mm -hmm. Muslims, right? But who are they aligned with? Who's Hamas aligned with with Iran and China? Okay, in the Quran, it says specifically, you should not align yourself with non-believers. But who's Hamas aligned with? Non-believers, right? And this is, goes back to the dictators warping the mind, controlling the mind, and indoctrinating the mind of people because they have to create another enemy. And that's why the great Satan, America, and Israel need to be wiped off the face of the earth yeah well isn't that the whole your enemy uh the enemy of your enemy is my friend kind of thing conversation and doesn't sun tzu point all this out in the art of war yes yes right i mean they, you, you they're using each other they're basically both evil uh, they are totally evil and they use each other correct right well yes but there's a there's a natural alliance there again exactly. despots exactly. dictators tyrants and autocracies need an enemy whether it's in Saudi Arabia and they create it yeah. as the Jews or in Qatar, same thing. As you've seen just recently, talking about know, current events. Right before this happened, mm -hmm. Saudi Arabia and Qatar had gotten another agreement and was working closely with Netanyahu, and he talked about it at the UN. The day of the attacks, who were the first two countries to praise Hamas? Qatar and Saudi Arabia. The whole two-state solution is a pile of BS. It's been used in a cognitive fashion to deceive, deny, and disrupt because they've used this to slowly say, oh, we'll do better. We'll get this here. Okay. They've had multiple opportunities to settle on a two-state solution when offered, but the Arab countries have not. Why? Because they use it as one of the ways and means to then continue this disruption to rearm and stuff. And that's why Hamas is one, because even if they're completely slaughtered, they have a whole set of indoctrinated legions of lemmings out there who are going to take up the same thing and start all over again. That's it. That's it. Uh, it's it's hard to stamp out the evil at that point. And your your point is so well on uh, on in the in the moment. Uh, you know this what Hamas has done here, and what's worse about that Ed, is the way you described the buildup over the last couple of decades. Is the United Nations are complicit in all of this in UNRWA. Uh, UNRWA of the UN, the UNRWA, I mean, they are totally complicit. And as they were there, they've seen it. They're all one of the same. Uh, they are Hamas. They are the terrorists. They're all part of that group, that organization. And they they really, I mean, this defines what we're talking about right now. Wouldn't you say, Ed? I mean, it defines the whole cognitive warfare we're talking about, every part of it, isn't it? Yeah, it exemplifies every aspect here of the good versus evil. The whole UN is calling for a ceasefire, except yeah. for the United States and Israel. Yeah. yeah, The whole UN has prosecuted, persecuted, and have massive demonstrations in favor of who? Hamas. Animals and sadistic beasts. Pure evil. Yeah. Okay. And they've, who do they put in charge of the you know, Human Rights Commission on the UN, right? <laughs> so it's, it's unfathomable. But yes, this is part of the overall war. Yeah. But people think this is just normal diplomacy back and forth. No, this is an actual war. It's not It's not politics and it's not mm -hmm. just little policy things. It's yeah. an actual war between good and evil.
And why do you think, I, I, I don't know the answer to this specifically, but uh, in the face of all this evil and everything we're talking about in regards to Hamas, you know, the United States, a Judeo-Christian nation, stands for good. The agenda of that, uh, the whole Allah and the terrorist group of Islam is to, again, death to Israel, death to America, as you were just uh, pointing out a moment ago here. That's the objective. It's to, it, it's the death of good is what it is. We stand for that good. We stand uh, uh, the, the shining seas of liberty here. Uh, that's who we are. Why is it in the face of all this right now? And I, I'm a little surprised and shocked. Many people around me are shocked that in spite of all this pressure heat, that the Biden cabal have been able to so far, as delicate as it is, as troubling as it is, they've been able to toe the line, at least publicly, not so much privately and other things that are happening. We understand that. But why is it that even in face of all this, knowing how evil is straddling the fence here in America, are we able to still, even at this moment, I mean, why don't they just throw in their hands into the card and say, okay, you know, we fold. Uh, we're no longer on the side of this. We're not going to support Israel. And some days it gets close to that. How are we able to still pull this out at this point? Do you know what the answer to that is? You're not going to be able to pull it out with this administration because they are complicit, they're compromised, they're corrupt, and they're criminal, right? They are part of the hard progressive left that is supporting this stuff. If you remember, within hours after the attack, mm -hmm. even before Israel had even taken steps to counter the attack, mm -hmm. Biden was calling for a ceasefire. Right. And he walked that back some. Okay. Who is Biden beholden to? Well, you have Ukraine, Russia, China. Who are the allies with Iran? Ukraine, Russia, China. Who just gave $6 billion to Iran? Biden. Okay. Okay. He is doing their bidding, but he has to walk a fine line. So let me ask you this. The fact that he's making these statements public yet, the fact that he's making them public, the fact that people are in the are going along with the fact he's doing all this for Israel, that's what you're telling me, I believe, is that that is the essence of this cognitive war. It's propaganda put out there for the public, but none of it is really true. No, absolutely. It's a, it's a deception. And now, why is it? Because the, I believe the whole Hamas attack was purposely timed and done. Why? To give Biden a means to look presidential before the election here. Remember, the progressive hard left never lets a crisis go to waste. Why else at this time would Hamas attack? Okay. The reason why is because Biden's poll numbers are tanking so bad and the Democrats' progressive left, the evil aspects, are looking to be overcome significantly. With this action... Okay, he is slowly pushing back on Israel, supporting the other radical Islamic elements. And you've seen that because of the massive demonstrations throughout the United States. Here in the United States, massive demonstrations of people applauding the slaughter of innocents. And now you see Biden currying their boats as well. So this is a purposeful I think it's a purposeful planned event to support and help Biden to distract from his low tanking numbers, but then to give him a platform to look presidential. Now, at the same time, you can see what he's doing here. He's playing. And what did he did come out with a uh, anti-Semitism uh, effort. He came out with an Islamophobia effort. What the hell are you talking about? You just had 1400 people slaughtered 
and he focuses on a lot Islamophobia. That's why this is part of the cogged war. It's very well crafted. It's very well planned. The deception is phenomenal. This book here, I have it in front of me right now, The Cognitive War, Why We Are Losing and How We Can Win. I really, I mean, I really support, I, I, I believe in this book. We're going to talk about some very interesting things on the other half of this broadcast. I I can't speak enough. I, I Hard to put the words, the importance of this book is um, it's, it's critical and it's off the charts, friends. And uh, I'm really getting behind this in ways, so much of this. First of all, it's in, in it's in the bookstore. Okay, all right. Uh, it's on it's in any bookstore. You can get it from Amazon. You can get it from any bookstore, Barnes and Nobles, wherever you go, or right the links are right in the America Out Loud bookstore. It's on the front page of America Out Loud, to be sure. Uh, you know, I, I the the fight ahead is so significant. I mean, I'm pretty revved up for what's going to happen here as we move forward into 2020 into the new year and then moving forward. And I'm pretty revved up, I have to tell you. I'm the, the purpose of my life and the purpose of my mission and my existence, Malcolm I'm speaking about, and, and God's place of me on this planet is now coming into fruition. I can sense it. I can feel it. And I know it. And, it, you know, I can honestly say to you, since I was a young boy, 14, 15, I knew God was going to use me as some very interesting points and moments of life, not really knowing all the parameters. I didn't know all the parameters. I didn't know exactly what to how or who or thought I was going to be whatever. I just knew that there would be a purpose for my existence and there would be a purpose. I knew it as a young boy. And here we are. And I've had a great career. I've done a lot of great things. And the best is right here in front of us right now at America Out Loud as we get ready to take this all on. And I have to be share with you that my existence, my purpose of life, and my mission uh, is is going to come to complete fruition in these next couple, three years between now coming into the semi-quincentennial. It's going to be the pinnacle of all of this, the pinnacle of uh, our existence, the pinnacle of my personal life, the pinnacle of us making the impact out there. And I just know it. I know it. I, I don't have to tell you any other way. I just know it. So that's the importance of America Out Loud. Uh, with our esteemed colleagues and group, which Ed is one of as well here, coincidentally, as you many of you know, uh, is uh, one of the hosts on the National Security Hour, but he's also just a fabulous writer and a, just a terrific contributor. Uh, and that's where we've been so blessed at America Out Loud. We're going to be expanding into some uh, new ideas, new worlds, new programming, new writers, new things coming into this new year. Whole new website platform coming off the ground that I'm pretty juiced about. Uh, our team has been working super hard here last few months, and we're going to launch it all January 1st, 2024. I hope you'll join me with a glass of champagne at noontime as we celebrate uh, the new site and the new platform and the mission to carry forth what I always say, liberty and justice for all. That's that's the mission. That's the mantra. We got to get busy and, uh, and, and prevail and win this cognitive war. Talk a lot, a lot more about some of the events around the world in just moments and the solutions of what we can do moving forward as you're listening to the voice of a nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Libertyatamericaoutloud.com.
World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart-healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides, with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Lean. Pure with premium ingredients. Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with Pure Plant Protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Change in the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. We join you back here on The Voice of a Nation. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here. Privileged to be with you always, my fellow Americans and my fellow uh, pl- planet sharers of the planet, uh, of planet Earth, our brothers and sisters from around the world is what I'm suggesting here. We have great support around the world and people who love to tune in to America Out Loud. Uh, some exciting things happening here on the network and the platform, and uh, we, we appreciate you being part of this, and uh, we need your help to share the out loud truth. And you do that, please, by getting back to americaoutloud.news and share the stories and share the podcast and share the out loud truth and get it out there so we can offset this propaganda, this fake news, this garbage that is out there. And that's what we need to do. And share from our hearts and our souls. Uh, and from the top of the mountaintops, you know, with pride and dignity. Yeah, so... We're speaking to Ed Hoagland here today and uh, speaking about the cognitive war 
uh, why we are losing and how we can win. We're going through some points around the world here. And I, and I want to get in, we're going to get into the strategy to action and some other really cool stuff that Ed has in the book uh, that I think is, I you know, this book is so timely and it's so imperative. And I, I don't know what to say about it other than, you know, somebody finally hits the nail on the head and says, aha, there it is. I see the problem. Because in order to fix the problem and understand what's really going on, you, you've got to understand the problem, you see? And no one's able to put their finger on the problem. It is one of the first I've seen been able to put his finger on the problem. Say, aha, there it is. I got it. I understand it. Now let's talk about fixing it. So I think this is going to be a blueprint for me personally and for for us, for all of us, can be a blueprint moving forward into the semi-quincentennial and beyond in our in our America. And in our fight for good, for good to prevail, good has to prevail. Uh, God's world is uh, is is um, is the key to this whole thing, and in a, a fire with truth and liberty and justice for for mankind, for humanity, uh, for good people everywhere, uh, to put the justice where the injustice is, to right the wrongs. That's always been my mission in life, people. It's what I get up in the morning. It's why I love the fact of being alive. I love to just walk out and stretch and see the blue sky and say, thank God all the time for this opportunity to be on the planet, to be in, in existence, to be in company and friendship. And uh, so uh, with all that, uh, Ed uh, joins me back here. And uh, Ed, uh, a couple other examples. I want to take it around the globe here a moment here. You've we've done just some outstanding examples of Hamas and Israel, uh, death to Israel, death to America, how they won, what, how they won this propaganda war. And no matter what happens on the kinetic, the battlefield of kinetic, uh, no matter what happens there, uh, they sort of have prevailed there for a lot of reasons. Uh, America at the moment is going along, kicking and screaming at the moment. It's kind of a surface thing, but there's a lot of turmoil in our politics here and within our people. And so there's a lot more to play out here coming into the new year that we know that thing is liable to blow up even bigger in the Middle East. Let's jump over to Russia and Ukraine a moment here. This is another war. This is another cognitive war, more so than the kinetic forces even there. Our Congress, our media, our presidency, Zelensky, all of these people are playing that out. Give us a summation, please, of why this fits into the cognitive war now, how we're losing that, and what we need to do there, please. Okay, great, great, Malcolm. The, the, the Ukraine situation is very interesting because you remember uh, it was invaded twice, right? In each, each uh, case, the U.S. basically acquiesced. The second time under Biden, Basically, first thing he said, hey, can we give you a lift to the United States, to Zelensky? Not not fight Russia, but can I give you a lift? And it goes back to my view that he's compromised president. But nonetheless, what Russia is doing here, along with China and others, are what we did to the Soviet Union in the Cold War. And few people realize this. By them continuing this conflict in Ukraine, there's no way in Hades that Ukraine's going to win this war and get back all their land. So what they're doing is perpetuating this to bleed our arsenal dry, to also bleed our national debt and increase it significantly. And at the same time, sort of highlight how weak the United States is. And so from a cognitive aspect, that's where I see Putin playing this game. He, he knows that they're not going to get back all the territory. He knows they can't 
invade Russia, and they're not going to go to war with Russia over this, even though some people look to do that. And so that's where this is being played out right now. So Zelensky's coming back to the United States and asking for more money and such like that. Well, it's time that he comes to an agreement because just like any other major conflict like this, it's not going to be settled as long as Putin's still alive. As long as Putin's still alive, he's going to hold the cards and play this out. Now, Putin with Xi are playing the United States and bleeding us dry, dry in money, dry in equipment, and dry in capabilities. And we're leaving ourselves vulnerable other places in the world. That's part of their strategy, because now they can go ahead and just walk in to other places of the world, hat in hand, and do whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, do um, We see the fight here happening in Congress, Ed, in regards to funding this war uh, with uh, really our hard taxpayer dollars here is funding all this stuff around the world. Even in the Middle East, it's always uh, I always tell folks that we fund the good guys, the bad guys, and the guys in between. Uh, we fund the whole damn operation. It's pretty sick, which brings it back to how messed up our politics are here and why the cognitive war is so essential in all of this. You agree with that, Ed? Yes. Well, so this is a perfect example of cognitive wars. While we react, react, react. China and Russia are doing things to cause us to react. Yeah. And we wait for them to do the next step. This shows the cognitive dissonance of our leaders and how stupid they really are, in my opinion. Yeah. Because what's the outcome that we want in Ukraine? Who the hell's defined that? But you can't just stop theirs. What's the outcome we want for Eurasia, for Asia, for South America? We think myopically in very small, narrow tactical windows of two to four years. Yeah. Our adversaries think in 100 to 200 year plans. Yeah. And what they realize is that either we define our desired future and we build towards it and draw it off, cause others to react to us, or we allow our adversaries to define our future and we react to them. And that's exactly where we're at. And that is the essence of the cognitive war is getting others to react to you, your narratives, your actions, to deceive, disrupt, deny, and slowly bleed you dry. And that's exactly where we're at with the war of Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, they're playing us for fools is what they're doing. And uh, back yes. to the uh, dysfunctional uh, group up in D.C., uh, they play right to the narrative uh, 100%. You're right. And that's all political parties in all situations. Again, as Ed and I said when we started this thing, it's really not really a Democrat-Republican problem we're talking about specifically here. Uh, it is a much bigger problem here because there are lunatics in all sides of that program, on all sides. And now, one of the biggest offenders of this whole cognitive war, Ed, in, from my viewpoint, and uh, certainly need your opinion on this, is uh, in regards to China. They are. They would win if I was going to give awards out today with you to all of the potential cognitive uh, points uh, of contention here. Uh, I would give the top award, the Academy Award, to China. They have played us like total uh, freaking idiots uh, to the likes of what I cannot even describe how stupid our political leaders have been and our educational systems and our technology we have allowed them to rape us dry. I mean, they have totally uh, screwed us over the cuckoo's nest. 
uh, and been doing it for quite some time since Nixon went and opened them up again. And they just like the Trojan horse. They said, yeah, yeah, we love this idea, man. We'll roll right in on. And boy, they rolled right in in our technology. They rolled right in in our military forces. They rolled right into our business corporations and communities. They rolled right into all of our universities and schools. Uh, We now are buying all their crap, all their stuff. Uh, from China stuff that, you know, well, we can't do this, can't do that because we need the meds, we need the pharmaceuticals, we need the thing, we need the chips from Taiwan, we need this, we need that, we need the other. I mean, Ed, I would give them the Academy Award for screwing the American uh, people over. Um, You agree, you disagree? Tell me more, please. No, so I fully agree. You know, Dr. Yan and I, uh, from the voice of Dr. Yan, who's also on your platform, uh, frequently discuss what what we talk about is China's unrestricted warfare. China's unrestricted warfare is actually cognitive warfare. And to your point, they have played us like fools. They have a multifaceted strategy. Okay. And you've seen this play out with just TikTok and the Palestinian uh, demonstrations and stuff like that in support of Hamas here in the United States. They've been, they have 300 million, uh, 150 million Americans on TikTok. And most of them are the younger generation. And so when this happened, where was the, where was the uh, support for? It was for Hamas. It wasn't for Israel from our youth. Why? Because they understand the cognitive war. You take a look at what they did with uh, the China flu and then the cover-up of, of the COVID and aspects brilliantly played. Okay, They've murdered several million people around the world who's, who hold them accountable. No one. They're murdering 100,000 Americans a year with fentanyl. Who's holding them accountable? No one. They just had a security breach of 23andMe of 6.9 million people. Okay, and their data. You know, who do you think harvests this data and stuff like to use it to target us in this cognitive warfare? China. Our intelligence community national security apparatus is freaking broken. It's absolutely broken and inept. They missed the Hamas thing. They missed the Arab Spring. They missed 9-11. Okay, and why? Because as I write in this in this book, they politicize aspects and they've kept themselves stuck in an industrial age model. Like China now for 25 years, unrestricted warfare was written 25 years ago. They've actually been implementing it for 25 years. Our military hasn't even written basic doctrine on this crap yet. You know, um, the best way I can say it is uh, this book, this blueprint is just absolutely brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. When it gets to the point in the book, as you read this, friends, and you get into it, it talks about strategy to action. Listen to this a moment. Listen to these words. Listen to every word and think about our current state. And 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 he says here, the problem is we are in an ideological war for absolute power. Yet conservatives believe it is just politics as usual. Many can detect the problem, but they wrongly mistake the issues created by it are just the same old politics. They assume that those who are driving a radical political ideology believe in our republic, our freedoms, our constitution. But that in the end, we will find a way to work together. And this is part of the problem. It's a major part of the problem because those assumptions are wrong. Ed sizes that up and says, how do I know? When their plans are disrupted 
They are the creator use of crisis to circumvent that disruption. Think about that, friends. And his point here is a perfect point. President Trump disrupted the establishment, both Democrats and Republicans alike, conservatives. And in doing so, he severely disrupted the radical left's intentions and highlighted the naivety of the conservatives who uh, did not understand how big the problem had become. Okay, so now talking about this four-point strategy, this is important we get this in. What I just shared is it sets the problem. Everybody should understand the problem now and what's happening, how we're being taken down. This is the taking down of, of, a, of, of a republic, of, of, a, of, a, of a brilliant idea, of the American experiment, of, of that, that empire of thoughts, uh, of brilliance. This is, this is how they take the, the beast down right now. Um, this is what they're doing. Um, you, there's a famous quote you have in this here, uh, many great quotes in here, but this one from Albert Einstein, we cannot solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. Well, that just sets the tone right there. You talk about an army of one, some, and none. You talk about a four-point strategy for resilience, freedom, and our republic here. Um, those four points, Ed, you say seize the narrative, proactive and positive legislative agenda, overhaul national security, ensure the resilience of our republic, constitution, and freedoms. Let me give you the last couple of words here on that point, that four-point strategy. That's where you provide the solutions, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. It is, Malcolm. And and the whole book is really about, just as you said, you know, from the, the good Bible and such, is teaching people how to fish. In this case, teaching people how to fish so they can apply these aspects here. So seize the narrative. We have to drive others to react. We can't continue to perpetually react. If you're on defense, you're you're going to lose. Proactive and positive legislative agenda. What are we going to do to fix this? What are the candidates going to do to fix this? They need to put this up forefront. And part of the driving this seize the narrative is talking about facts, not emotion. Overhaul NAS security. If we don't overhaul NAS security, you can see what's happening already. Two-tier justice system, weaponization, lawfare, okay? But also, we've missed Hamas, 9-11. If we don't overhaul NAS security, we will lose the cognitive war outright. And then ensure the resiliency of our republic. For the long-term resiliency, we have to bring back civics 101 from preschool to high school and back in the branches of government. And this book provides several different solutions along those lines. But that's the four-point strategy. It's basic. But implementing, as you said up front, is not going to be easy. And this is not a one-trick pony. It's not going to be one election and it's over and done. And that's why the left always wins, because they think we play, the, we play in the short bus, they play in the long game. That's what evil does. They've been doing it right along. And as you pointed out... Uh... Uh, our people play to the next election. It's a two and four year cycle. That's it. They don't play a decade, let alone 20, 50, 100 years. Uh, they don't even play a decade out. They, they they play to their personal salvation for the moment. And it's a sad thing. I've been talking about that for years, years. And this right because I've seen the problems. I understand the problems. That's why this book speaks to me. You know, it's funny, Ed, when you get toward the end of the book, I, I, I was stunned. I see the words here. It is time to get involved. That's my sign off every broadcast, of course. But you say, <laughs> oh, yeah, this was like, and then you say, speak up. And right away, and of course, we didn't we didn't confer on any of this. I just read this all for the first time myself. But naturally, we, we didn't collaborate on some of that, although we could have. And uh, But, uh, you know, when you say get involved, speak up. In fact, so much, Ed, and I'll share with listeners right now, 
I have an actual email address that I use um, for, uh, and this is private for my circle of listeners. If you want to email me directly, I don't I haven't put this out there in a while, but it but it is my email. It is an email address I use a lot, and I used to use it on uh, a radio terrestrial radio years ago. Uh, and I, it's, it says everything to me. Speak up at malcolmoutloud.com. That will come to me directly. Speak up. Ed says in the book, speak up. I said, well, God, you know, he's speaking my language, man. Speak up at malcolmoutloud.com. There it is right there. It's time to get involved. Ed Hugland, the, the book is beautiful. Uh, it's brilliant. Uh, it's a blueprint. It's all of those things. And uh, we'll be talking a lot more about this book ahead because it will be a blueprint. We'll use it. Uh, congratulations, my brother, on just an amazing piece of work here, sir. Well, thank you, Malcolm, but also thank you much for your platform, because it's your platform that provides people the opportunity to learn through all the different shows you have about how to fight back in this cognitive warfare, because it is complex and covers things. So thank you very much. Absolutely. OK, the book is The Cognitive War why we are losing and how we can win. You will not miss it on America Out Loud and on our newsletter. Uh, we have a great subscriber base here. If you're, once a week, uh, you'll get it on every Wednesday, you get the newsletter. And uh, so as you're listening to the broadcast, you'll see the book in there as well. And so I invite you to uh, to uh, take a look at the book, get the book and help me think and, and get some ideas and email me at speak up. Where else? <laughs> speak up at malcolmoutloud. I only share that with friends and my circle of people, uh, my dear fellow Americans. So there you go right there. I haven't put that email out in some time. Now, uh, to bring this to a head right now, uh, you know, uh, it's hard to, um, it's, it's, it's real hard to put this into the context of the importance of this conversation. It's, it's, uh, this, this is our future. It's our lives. It's our families. It's our children. It's our grandchildren. It's our ancestors. It's, it's our existence. It's our reason for being. It is purposeful. Uh, it is all of that friends. I have shivers, uh, and goosebumps running through uh, my body as I talk to you about this right now. That is sincere. That is my passion for our great nation, for our people. I beg of you to get involved uh, in the fight for freedom and, and the fight for liberty and justice for all. Uh, in the book, as Ed says, uh, to act for all tyranny needs is for us to do nothing. Freedom demands we exercise our God-given rights, our constitutional rights. Freedom is not free. And that quote we all know as conservatives, Thomas Jefferson, one of the most famous things he said, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. We find ourselves at that messy intersection of humanity once again, my fellow Americans. Be forewarned, the thin gray line between tyranny and freedom is being stretched. It's time to push back and ensure the resilience and security of our Republic. God bless America. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.